الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم فذكروني أذكركم واشكروا لي ولا تكفرون صدق الله العظيم Most respected students of deen, mothers and sisters, it is only the grace and the mercy of Allah wa ta'ala, His Fazl and Karam, that we have been guided towards seeking the knowledge of deen and being guided towards being in an environment that is inshallah conducive to deen when effort is being made Allah Ta'ala make it that this effort is accepted it is successful it is a very feeble effort a very broken effort nobody can claim anything nobody can claim to do something perfectly or do something well Allah Ta'ala is the being that accepts the broken efforts also of his servants nevertheless so this effort is being made to try and inculcate within us those values, those qualities that should be in the heart and in the life of every Muslim, male or female. This is something which, alhamdulillah, is constantly focused on and this little discussion that takes place, the tafsir lessons that take place, the other advices that are given by the Muallimas in the classes, all these things are directed in the same direction that how we can become good Muslims, how we can develop the ta'aluk with Allah tabarak wa ta'ala, our contact with Allah ta'ala, how we can give up all things that Allah ta'ala has forbidden. This is the object and the purpose of this institution and of being here. One of the things that we have to bear in mind all the time, nevertheless, is that shaitan and nafs will never leave us. Nafs and shaitan will always be trying to waylay us, to deviate us. This is an ongoing issue. And therefore we discuss the aspects of istiqamat, in the previous weeks, that nafs will come in the way, shaitan will come in the way, people will come in the way, but in the face of all these things, we have to be firm and steadfast. We cannot afford to get carried away by nafs and shaitan. We cannot afford to be misled by people. People sometimes will pass comments when somebody is trying to do the right thing. They might laugh at you, they might mock you. You want to do the good things, they'll laugh at you. You want to give up the wrong, they'll laugh at you. These are unfortunately some agents of shaitan that walk on the earth. So we need to be careful, we need to be aware and move ahead. In any case, one ayat of the Quran Sharif, which we have heard repeatedly, and which is linked to one very central aspect in our lives 
And that is the aspect of sukun, of peace, of happiness. Whatever people do, somebody, for example, is chatting to somebody. Some haram chat they are involved in. So why is that person chatting? We have discussed this over and over again. And I think I mentioned already that this is something we will have to keep discussing over and over again. So in any case, the point was that this person, whoever, some girl now is chatting, some haram chat she's involved in, she's in communication with some boy. What is the reason for this to take place? Uh, Everybody is aware, and especially anybody in a madrasa, that this is haram this is something that will bring down the wrath of Allah Ta'ala. This is something that Nabi Islam will be displeased with. Can we imagine every week our a'mal are presented to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And Allah's Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is told that these are the a'mal, the actions that your ummat are performing. And among that ummat is you and I. And our actions are also presented to our beloved Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And during the time of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, while he was in this world, the kuffar, the mushrikeen, the yahud, the munafiqeen, all these groups of people, they would give Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam endless taklif, difficulties, hardship. He would be stoned. In Ohad, his Mubarak teeth became shaheed. They would call him by very, very hurtful names. Somebody would, na'uzubillah, refer to him as a sahir, as a magician. Somebody as, na'uzubillah, insane. And all kinds of terrible words used to be used against him. Then he and his family were made to suffer in untold ways. All the things that we have learned in tarikh, in history, in sirat, we are well aware of these things. The type of persecution, the type of hardship, what Nabi Salaam underwent when he went to Taif for 60 miles. This is not a small distance, 60 miles. Nabi Salaam went on foot and went to convey the deen of Allah Ta'ala and how they turned against him. And then they set the street urchins, the riffraff, those who have no other job to do, the street boys as we may call them, they set them to keep stoning Allah's beloved Nabi Wasallam to the point that his entire body was flowing with blood. All these things, who did these things? The kuffar did, the mushrikeen did, the munafiqeen, they gave him endless taklif, the yahud, these were the people that gave him taklif in his lifetime. Allah's Nabi now made parda from the world. He is no more in the world. Allah Ta'ala has blessed him with a life in his next life. And the Amiyali Musalatu Salam are alive in their qubur, in their graves. This is clearly mentioned in many, many ahadith that the Amiyali Musalatu Salam are alive. It's a special kind of life. It is not the type of life that we uh, might imagine on this world, on the surface of this earth. 
It's a special kind of life, but they are alive. And Nabi Salaam himself says, mentioned very clearly that Inna that your actions, he said to the Ummat, your actions will be presented to me. Now when these actions are presented, can we imagine that a parent, for example, has repeatedly told a child, that, look, this is very dangerous for you, very harmful for you, don't go near this, don't smoke, for example, or don't listen to music, or don't gamble, or don't commit any haram, and uh, the parent explained in detail, and the parent has tremendous love for the child. And now the next day somebody comes and says, that you gave your child a long talk yesterday, that don't do this, and don't do that, and don't look at this, and don't listen to that. But there's it, everything he was doing last night, this morning he was doing everything. What goes through the heart of that parent, that parent's heart is broken into a million pieces, that after having explained with such great love and compassion, and having warned him of all the difficulties that will come as a result of this, and I have such love for him, I've done so much for my child, I'm so, uh, I've gone out of my way, I've taken every trouble and every difficulty to do whatever was necessary for him, and now he still just can't uh, take the few things that I've told him to do, can't refrain from the few things I've told him to refrain from, what happens to the par- heart of that parent? Wallah, all the parents put together what love they have to their, for their children, this is nothing in comparison to the love that Nabi Islam has for the Ummat. And to the extent one has love, to that extent is the pain. When things don't go the way it should be. To the extent that there is love. One is that you heard somebody passed away, far away. Now you don't have any attachment to the person, you never met him in your life or her in your life. You probably heard of them or didn't even hear of them. So it's just like a news item. Something has happened. Though it shouldn't be that way. But we just treat it like a news item. Somebody passed away. So, well, it's a sad thing. And then we carry on with like nothing happened. But if the person was known to us, it will affect us maybe for a minute or two. And the person was somebody close to us, then we will be affected much more. And if it's somebody from our very immediate family, Allah Ta'ala give everybody afiyat, then we might be very emotional about it. Now what is the difference? Why is this response different from one case to the other? The whole difference is on the basis of love. That the person we don't know, we have no real attachment to the person, no love for the person as such. And the person who is very close to us, we are attached to the person. As a result, we became very emotional. Sometimes a person becomes hysterical, person can't be controlled. Though that's not supposed to be the case, we need to remain in control. We not should not utter anything against the command of Allah Ta'ala. But the point is that all this differs with love. And there is nobody that loves the Ummat or nobody can have love for anyone like the love Nabi Islam had for the Ummat. Now after all this love that he had for the Ummat and has for the Ummat, the sacrifices that he made for the Ummat, the difficulties that he undertook for the Ummat, the hardships that he undertook for the Ummat, the du'as that he made for the ummah, and now what is our response? How do we return this? Now imagine our amal are being presented. The kuffar threw stones at him, which hurt his mubarak body, and our amal are presented to him, which shatter his mubarak heart. 
how are we going to face Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam on the day of Qiyamah? That at every juncture it was ummati, ummati, my ummat, my ummat. But my ummat, what happened to them? My ummat couldn't give up the few temptations that surrounded them. My ummat couldn't give up looking at haram. There's so many halal things to look at, and they couldn't stop looking at haram. My ummah couldn't stop listening to haram. There's so many good things to listen to. There's qiraat to listen to. There are things that will are permissible to listen to. But my ummah had to go and listen to music, which I forbade, which Nabi Islam in one hadith says, that bu'istu, I was sent, likasril, um, I was sent to break musical instruments. That which Allah's Nabi Islam was sent to break, and we want to break his heart by listening to the same thing. That which Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that my ummah, I told them not to go to certain places, places where there are places of sin. But my ummah still goes headlong in those very same places. All the things that I forbade them, they want to do. And what I told them to do, they don't want to do. Can we imagine what goes through the Mubarak heart of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? What kind of pain, what kind of difficulties we give him? What the kuffar gave, we can't expect anything else from them because they had kufr in their hearts. But Allah Ta'ala blessed us with iman. Allah Ta'ala blessed us with Islam. Allah Ta'ala blessed us to be in the ummah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the greatest of all ummahs. And we still then return this great favor by giving taklif to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. How are we going to face him on the day of Qiyamah? Now this is the aspect that we have to keep thinking about, we have to keep pondering over that these temptations of nafs and shaitan, we have to overcome it by these muraqabas. There are several things, as we, we started off on this note, that the aspect of sukoon, peace, this is what everybody is looking for. And when somebody gets involved in some haram, or somebody is chatting, they are chatting for what? They are looking for this peace somewhere. So they feel that this is an escape from whatever the situation, the circumstances are, and we can be chatting away, and we can uh, have some peace. Somebody is listening to music. Why are they listening to music? Because they expect that they are going to get some peace out of this. Somebody is involved in looking at some haram. They are expecting that they are going to get some peace out of this. But the reality is very different Every sin is zulmat. Every sin is darkness. And the more a person engulfs oneself in darkness, the more one will be restless. The more one will be without ease and peace. For that moment, it might seem that a person is having some peace, but that's to a deception. And then it will just aggravate the situation. It will get worse. It will be like a person scratching a blister or a saw at that time it feels comfortable scratching that but anybody will tell you that you are going to cause more damage as soon as you carry on scratching it it is going to get worse it is going to get septic then Allah forbid it might come to a point where gangrene might set in and it might have to be amputated so the same applies in terms of sin that sin will create further difficulties, will create further harm. 
Now how are we going to combat this? There are some very simple things which we don't give it the regard that should be given to it. For example, in the madrasa we are taught about the ma'mulat, the tasbihat. It seems like just one of those things. It seems like something just, well, we are told to do it. If it's madrasa days, we'll do it. If it's not madrasa days, then fine, it's not madrasa. That was for madrasa. So we have lost the point. We have not realized the object. These things are not for madrasa. Madrasa is to teach us these things for life. These things are not for madrasa. The madrasa has been established so that we will learn these things in the madrasa for life. Now, to fix a time for that ma'mulat, for that tasbihat. In madrasa days, there is a fixed time. Whether it is a weekend, whether it is a holiday, whichever day. There has to be a fixed time for that ma'mulat, for that tasbihat, that zikr. And this is every day of the year. For those wazaif. And when this will be something that we will do punctually, at a fixed time, as far as possible, on that fixed time. And why is this fixed time so important? Number one, this fixed time when a person will try to maintain the fixed time, it will require some mujahada at times. For example, if the fixed time is after Fajr, then after Fajr I go to complete this. Then some days a person will be very tired. Some days sleep will be overpowering. Some day it will be something else. But the person is constant. This five minutes, this ten minutes... This is not something I can compromise. Something is a total emergency, is a different situation. But anything that can be delayed for that 10 minutes, then that will be delayed. That sleep can definitely be delayed for 10 minutes. Other things can be delayed for 10 minutes. So this will be done first. Now the person has maintained a fixed time, then it will require some mujahada. But with that mujahada, وَالَّذِينَ جَاهَدُوا فِينَا لَنَهْدِيَنَّهُمْ سُبُولَنَا The one who will strive in our path, we will open... The, door, the roads of Hidayat for them. Now the sukoon will come. For that moment it was mujahada. But then sukoon will come. Sukoon will come without having to go into anything. So that's the first thing. This ma'mulat, this tasbihat, this zikr, this fiwazaif, etc. The morning and evening du'as, the du'as at the other occasions. Number one, this is itself a formula for bringing sukoon in the heart. Now all the haram people are getting involved in. They are getting involved in it for the sake of trying to find some peace somewhere. They are only finding themselves greater difficulties, greater problems, greater restlessness. And this will bring the sukoon. So one is to fix the time and do this regularly. The second thing is when there is a fixed time, then that fixed time will itself, inshallah, ensure regularity. If it's a time that is not fixed any time and every time, then... Suddenly it will be just now, later, little while later. Uh, not now, after Zohar, maybe after Asr I'll do it. Okay, today maybe after Maghrib. Next, next thing will be after Isha. And before we know it, we would have missed it out for the whole day and gone to sleep without having done it. And if there is a fixed time, then inshallah that too will ensure regularity. And once it's done, then the third thing is that we said these ma'mulat, we take it for granted. But if you do it, number one, with that mujahada that sometimes is required, that sometimes there's some laziness, there's some sleep, there's some other problem in between, or some obstacle, but the person is making that mujahada and completing it. What this does is, 
One is the tasbihat itself, and then the mujahada that is made to make it on time. This creates spiritual energy. This is a nur that envelops the heart. And this creates spiritual energy. Like a person drinking something, some tonic, eating some healthy food. So that creates physical energy. Now the person with that physical energy can do what he wants to do, can run away from where he wants to run away from. There's a dog coming, he can run away. There's a snake trying to attack him, he can run away. There's a scorpion trying to sting him, he can run away. Because he's got the energy. And he wants to run towards something that is being distributed, some mithai and sweet meat is distributed somewhere. He wants to run for it, he can run. There's somebody is distributing Kruger coins, one each, whoever comes. So he wants it, he can go and pick it up. Somebody is giving, forget Kruger coins, they're giving one one bag of one million rand each, whoever wants, but must come and fetch it. He's got the energy, he can go and fetch it. He wants to go, he can go and fetch it, he's got the energy. But the person is ill, person is very weak, doesn't have any energy. Now something is being distributed outside, he can't go for it. There's a snake trying to bite him. All he can do is just look at it happening. But he's so weak, he can't move an inch. And that snake can bite him. That scorpion can sting him. That dog can come and bite him. All these things can happen. Why? Because he's got no energy. So this tasbihat that we will make, this mamulat that we will complete, all the things that we are supposed to do, this creates spiritual energy. Now the person wants to run away from the scorpion of chatting, then the energy will be there to do it. There will be some mujahada involved, but the body is accustomed to mujahada. The spiritual self is accustomed to the mujahada. So now, that mujahada will be easy. And the person will be able to run away from the scorpion of chatting. Somebody is trying to run away from the music, from the snakes of music. These are all snakes and scorpions. But now they'll have the energy to run away from it. Somebody now, it's time for salah. So they want to move towards salah. So the energy is there. The intention is there. They will be able to wake up and move. Otherwise it will be an intention. The person will say, no, I felt lazy, I left it. The point was that actually there was no spiritual energy or very little spiritual energy. Not enough to wake the person up and move the person. Now where will the spiritual energy come from? It will come from this zikr. It will come from this tasbihat. From reciting the du'as on the occasions. And this will bring that happiness and sukoon in the heart also. And it will bring that spiritual energy. Then the second thing is, something that is called muraqaba. We may have discussed some of this previously. But this is also a very, very effective thing to develop the spiritual energy and something that will help us to run away from the snakes and scorpions that are there to destroy us. It will help us to walk towards the right things. What is this? This is something that is called muraqaba. Now this muraqaba we have spoken about some time before, about muraqaba of moth, meditating on death. So one is the meditation about death. A person sits down for a few minutes, two minutes, two minutes a day also. 
we discussed the example of the mashayikh, that previously there used to be these watches that need to be keyed. It was not battery operated, you had to key the watch, the clock, etc. Most people today nowadays may not even have seen one watch or clock like this, but this was the norm and these clocks needed to be keyed. These hand watches, wrist watches also needed to be keyed. But it would take a minute or two to key the watch. Once it's keyed, you keep turning the key. Once it's keyed, it'll take one minute. In that one minute, it's completely keyed. Now it'll run for 24 hours without needing to be keyed again. 24 hours. Tomorrow will come again, you go to key it in the morning. Then it'll run for another 24 hours. So likewise, this muraqaba is done for a short span of time. One minute, two minutes, some muraqaba in the morning, some in the evening. But this is keying that spiritual heart. And if it's done correctly, it's done with diligence, it's done constantly. Then in a short while, this little bit king of this heart with this muraqaba will keep it running. Sometimes people come and they say that these evils that I was involved in and which I gave up, I made toba from it. And now I'm finding myself slipping into it again. I'm getting involved in it again. I had given up these things completely. I made complete toba from it. So the person is then asked that this, some muraqabas you were told to do, are you still doing it? He said, no, I stopped doing those muraqabas. After, alhamdulillah, I got out of everything and I stopped doing the muraqaba. You stop doing the muraqaba and again everything is coming in. So if you keep doing that muraqaba constantly and properly, then you'll continue having the benefit. So this is not a minor thing. Many of these things just look like something on the surface, but they have very great benefits in them. So this muraqaba. Now one of the muraqabas is the muraqaba of death, which we spoke about on some occasions previously. That a person sits down and meditates, that it is my last moments, and I'm going to pass away just now. And now I'm passing away. The ruh has already left my feet and has left my legs and has now come halfway up the body and it is now already by my throat and life is leaving me and I'm gone now. This is the reality. One day it's going to happen for sure. Every person is going to have to face this. Young and old are going to face it. This is not a fairy tale. This is something that's going to happen to everybody without fail. But we've got to prepare for it before it comes. So by imagining this, that this can happen and it can happen just now. My life is gone. Now I'm being, I'm just a lifeless body in the hands of others. The ghusl is being given to me. The kafan has been placed on me. I'm lying dead there in the middle of some room. And people are sitting around me. Somebody is crying, somebody is saying something, somebody is reading something, whatever the case may be. And now I'm being carried and taken to the Qabristan. My janaza salah has been performed. I'm being lowered into the grave. Imagine that darkness of the grave. Feel the cold floor of the grave. In the mind, everything can be felt. Sometimes a person thinks of something very cold and feels cold. Thinks of the heat, severe heat, and feels a little bit hot already. These things are realities. So think about the coldness of the floor of the grave. And feel it in the mind. Feel the hardness of the floor of the grave in the mind. Then, 
the darkness of the grave is now enveloping. They are throwing the tons of sand onto the grave and it's completely now dark inside. And now the angels of the, the Munkar and Nakir have come. They are now going to question me. What have I done? How did I spend my life? How did I spend my days? What was I looking at? What was I... Who I was I chatting to? What was I listening to? And all these other things. How did I spend my days, my nights, my holidays, my weekends? Where did I go? Who was I associating with? All these questions are going to come now on the day of Qiyamah. So now to think of these things, to ponder what, what answers am I going to give? I will be asked, that, what did you look at? What answers am I going to give? What I was looking at? What did you listen to? What answer am I going to give? Because the answers that come is not going to be what we will decide to say. It is what we acted in the world. What kind of actions we had, those actions will speak in the cover. person can't lie there. And according to the answers will be the treatment thereafter. If the answers were good, then there will be good treatment. Otherwise it is bad treatment, punishment. So think about this. And then make shukar, ya Allah, I still have life. I am making sincere toba. Ya Allah, I am not going to commit the gunas again. Ya Allah, you save me from it. And I am going to fulfill all your obligations. My salah, on time, my other ibadat, etc. Everything will be inshallah done. So, now think about this whole scene of death and then make this muraqaba. So this is one muraqaba to make. And daily we should do this. Maybe as an exercise, sometime during the day, for a minute, the more bigger classes, the senior classes, etc. This will be something that will be done or time will be given, a minute will be given or two minutes will be given for us to specifically make this muraqaba in class at the end of the day or at the end of some session in the morning. At some point, a minute, minute and a half will be dedicated to this muraqaba. That we sit down and we think about this. And again, this time will be given a minute, minute and a half, two minutes, whatever it is, is not for the sake of madrasa. But it is will be done so it is something that starts becoming part of our system and so that we continue doing it throughout our lives. So, maybe for the first few times it is done, a very, very quick, brief uh, reminder will be given of what we should be meditating on, how we should be meditating upon it, and then we will be made to practically do it for a minute only, one minute, one and a half minutes, but to start practicing on this, so that this becomes part of our system. So this is one muraqaba. The second thing is, the muraqaba that Allah Ta'ala is watching us. Allah Ta'ala is aware. Allah Ta'ala knows what we are doing. Allah Ta'ala knows what we are listening to. Allah Ta'ala knows what we are looking at. Allah Ta'ala is aware of everything. In order to develop this we will sometimes sit and make muraqaba in this manner. For example, somebody is caught up in something. Somebody is battling to give up chatting for that matter. Somebody is battling to give up looking at some haram. Somebody is having a problem giving up listening to some haram. Somebody to something else. 
Now any haram, any wrong, it is a cause of great shame and embarrassment. So for example, a person is caught up in looking at some haram. So sit down and just think. Think in this manner, make this muraqaba for just a minute. That I am sitting and looking at something and suddenly the door, I forgot that the door was wide open. And my parents are standing right there. They already saw what I was looking at. What kind of shame and embarrassment would overcome a person? That my parents now caught me looking at something like this. Or my father, he already saw what I'm, who I was chatting to and what, I'm, what kind of thing I'm writing. Or what kind of things are being written to me. Is this something I'll be comfortable with? My mother saw it. My muallima saw it. Some person who I regard as very, very pious, he or she saw it. And this is now going to become a source of great disgrace for me. Imagine then sometimes maybe that uh, you are listening to something, listening to something which is not supposed to be listened to. And the next thing it became exposed. Somehow you were listening to it with an earphone. The next thing you didn't realize what happened. And suddenly it's blaring aloud for everybody to know what you're listening to. And now all the people you respect, all the people you are hiding from, you wouldn't want them to know this. They're all there. They suddenly were there. They all saw it. They all heard it. Now what embarrassment. Think about it. Feel that embarrassment in your heart. Feel that shame in your heart. Then having thought in this manner, whatever it might have been, then think to yourself that Allah Ta'ala out of His grace has hidden my fault still. Allah Ta'ala did not expose it. But Allah Ta'ala knows if somebody else, they see what's going on, at the most is going to be some shame and embarrassment in this world. That too is a terrible thing. But Allah Ta'ala is watching. Allah Ta'ala is going to be taking me to task on the day of Qiyamah in front of the entire population, in front of the entire makhluk and creation. So what a great shame that will be on that day. I am feeling ashamed to do this action in front of my parents, in front of my muallima for that matter, in front of my friends. I am not ashamed to do it in front of Allah Ta'ala. I am not ashamed that that Rabb that gave me my eyes, I am going to use his gift to look at something that he has forbidden. That Rabb who has given me my hearing, I am going to use this gift of his to listen to something that is forbidden. Think about this. Sit down and think about it. This is a muraqaba that we have to make. So that muraqaba of death also. Then if a person is having a problem with a particular issue, we sit down and think about that in this manner. That I got caught out doing this. And this embarrassment and shame has come already. This disgrace. So whenever the temptation comes thereafter, then immediate, but if a person is doing this regularly, constantly, then at the time of the temptation, it will be possible to re- rewind this whole thing in the mind and heart. The person does it one day, and then skips five days, and does it again. Then at the time of that temptation, this will not even come to mind. That temptation will be so strong that this will be forgotten. After the person got involved in the whole problem, now the person will remember thereafter that I should have made this muraqaba. But that is because we are not constant on it. But if a person is constant, now shaitan will put that whisper again. Nafs will tempt the person. But immediately it will be possible to rewind this whole thing in the mind that uh, 
this is something imagine now if I get caught out now how would I feel how embarrassed I would be how ashamed I would be and then think Allah Ta'ala is watching but if nobody else sees Allah Ta'ala is watching Allah Ta'ala knows Alam ya'lam bi anna Allah yara does he not know that Allah Ta'ala is watching ya'lamu khainat al-a'yuni wa ma tukhfi sudur Allah Ta'ala knows the deception of the heart uh, the eyes and what the heart conceals remind oneself of this rewind this in the heart but this will be possible at that time when we are doing this muraqaba constantly daily so these are the things that we have to develop we have to do this muraqaba of death daily think of death and if somebody gets very very frightened thinking about death then think about jannat what are the ni'mats of jannat that have been mentioned in the quran sharif in the hadith of rasulullah sallallahu that happiness, that peace of Jannat. Think about that. But then remind yourself that to get there, to get there I got to do the right things. To get there I got to do what I am commanded to do. I have to make my salah on time. Otherwise now I am then putting myself in danger of not getting there straight. I got to give up the haram. Otherwise how am I going to get to Jannat? So the main thing is that we should think about death. And if this is something beyond somebody's ability, somebody has a very weak heart, then we think about Jannat. And this too will inshallah develop, but this constantly, regularly, daily. Think about this. So, these are the few things that we can do. The zikr, the tasbihat, we have to be constant on it. But We cannot be doing it one day and missing it one day and expect that we're going to have the same benefit, the same... Uh, going to have the same uh, feelings within, that spiritual strength will still come. No, we have to be constant, constant on the tasbihat, constant on the recitation of the du'as on the different occasions, the dhikr, the tilawat, whenever the tilawat we got to make, we can make, we got to make the tilawat as well, whether it is holiday, whether it is weekend, whatever it is. And together with that, these muraqabat, we have to make this muraqabat, this meditation, meditate about death. And the muraqaba that we just discussed about getting caught out in the wrong and experience that shame, that embarrassment, the message went out to everybody else. Others are talking about it. You can't show your face in front of anybody. Then after having thought about it, then remind yourself that Allah is watching. Allah Ta'ala is the one we should be most uh, modest with. That we don't do anything against Allah Ta'ala. He is the one who created us. He is the one who is sustaining us and nourishing us. How can we go against His command? So This is our purpose and object of being in this place, that we develop these things for life. And this is what is going to bring that sukoon, what we are looking for. That sukoon is going to come in this manner. It is not going to come via any of the haram. That is shaitan's bait to destroy a person. So shaitan will keep casting, so that this person can bite and when that person bites and shaitan will reel in. And the person will find that he is now just getting dragged in. He says, but you know, I wanted to go away from here, but I was just being, you know, I, something was just dragging me in. Because you got caught like a fish. Shaitan had his fishing rod. So we need to be very alert. We don't get caught like fish by shaitan. Otherwise we will get dragged into our destruction. May Allah wa ta'ala give us the understanding, give us the reality of these things, keep us steadfast on deen, Save us from all the things that are going to lead to destruction. May Allah wa ta'ala 
grant us the true understanding of these a'mal that what is the benefit of the zikr and tasbihat give us the tawfiq of being constant on it Allah Ta'ala bless us all with his muhabbat keep us with iman take us with iman and raise us on the day of qiyamah with iman wa akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تخفل لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين واجعلنا للمتقين إماما واجعلنا للمتقين إماما واجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحابه أجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين